wrap it. No, that's all right. All righty. Hello out there. A happy Saturday, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am always excited for you to be back with us for another episode of Coffee with Rhonda. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about financial intimacy. We got lots of questions, and ladies, I don't know that we have a whole bunch of answers, but we got a lot of questions that we want to talk to all of you about because we're talking about money and relationships today. So I want to welcome you to another episode of the... Well, we want to welcome you to another episode of Coffee with Rhonda. <laughs> you know, take <laughs> out. We welcome everybody. Yeah, I think our our host got locked into the uh, into the system, so we we're happy to have you, and which uh, should be back soon. But today, you know, just like anything else, we have to keep going. You know, we have to, despite the little turbulences and the little bumps and the little hills that we hit, we have to, life has to go on. And, you know, today, mm -hmm. uh, even some of our guests, because of weather and whatever other circumstances, have had problems. But we know that the show must go on. And so mm -hmm. today, we're talking about um, credit how credit can impact our relationship, credit can impact our businesses, uh, just just the money talk. And sometimes the money talk is difficult to have. And uh, Mariah, you, you, know, you know as well as I know in, in anything, money impacts everything that we, we do. It, money impacts everything. And, and, and we would like to welcome our guest, Rhonda Williams. Rhonda, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You guys have no idea what kind of morning this is, but you know, it's just, it's just one of those days. This, you gotta love it. But anyway, thank you all so much. I know you guys were continuing the conversation with me. My amazing co-host, thank goodness have saved me more than one on what more than one occasion. So I was just going to ask everybody out there, if you would give us your help. Also, we want you to participate in the conversation. Tell us your name, where you're watching from. And we want to know what you got in your cup. And if you really want you to like the video and comment, talk to us so we can talk back with you. Remember to be watching the show from coffeewithronda.com so you can join in on the conversation. And then tag your friend and share the video so we can build and have a robust, wonderful conversation. So let's go ahead and get started. My name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I am your host for the show. I'm an emotional intelligence strategist and coach. Um, focused on my passion, which is helping leaders shift from overwhelmed to overjoyed, helping people move from stuck to unstuck so that they can create an amazing life they love. I'm the founder of Dream Life uh, by Design Mastermind Group, uh, where we work with leaders and entrepreneurs to help them create um, their most amazing life. So if you're interested in more information on that, you can visit uh, manifestmydream.com for more info. And let's just go ahead around the room in my cup. Look at take a look at my cup this morning, ladies. Isn't that trouble? Isn't that pretty? I bought this cup We're back from Cabo. Today. I know. I bought it back from Cabo and it's got all this cute little stuff on it about the locations and the mm -hmm. you know all of the sites to see in Cabo. So I've got some coffee in here. 
<clears throat> so we'll pass it on to you, Roz, this morning. <laughs> Good morning. I'm, you know, I'm Roz Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers. When you can't do it all, give us a call. We provide four levels of specialized care, sitter, homemaking companion, home health aid, and certified nursing assistant. Now, you know I'm not going to let the day go by and not talk about that cup, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I can't seem to find any small cups these days. Every cup I find seems it's to be giant Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much, Ross. Murray? Yes. Oh, it's, we're already laughing. It's just, uh, it's just amazing to be back. My name is Murray. I'm based in Murray Telekima. I'm based in Perth, Australia. I'm an entrepreneur and uh, CEO of Empty Energy Resources, which is uh, a company in the energy sector. And I'm also the CEO of Miratili Global Leadership Organization, an organization which actually empower individuals to become the best that they can be and to so that they can shine their light to the world. And uh, I'm also an offer, free time offer. I'm uh, a Wonder Woman because I also have shows, I write articles, and I'm a sport person. So, superwoman, like I said. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I want to congratulate you, Marae, on getting your show started again. So, um, tell me just quickly uh, about your show. Oh, she got a cup. It's quite late, so I'm, I'm I'm drinking water. Oh, awesome, awesome! You got water. <laughs> Ross, Ross has a little baby bottle of water. <laughs> I put in my cup to do, you know, just to make sure that I have a cup. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, thank you, everyone. So, let's go ahead and dive into our conversation this morning because. Um, one of our other co-hosts gave us this wonderful topic, and and I think it's a really good one for us. And today we're going to talk a little bit about um, financial intimacy. I love that word. So I was doing a little bit of prep for the show and coming across. So what do we really call this? And I guess financial intimacy is a good term for it. So when you're in a relationship with someone, let's say you got you you got your new boo or your old boo, and uh, you are dating and have been hanging out for a while, things are going lovely, you're getting those little butterflies and you know, feeling all of that love starting to bubble up. And so then the question is, you know, you all start to be taking bigger steps, right? Now you want to go on a trip together, or now you're talking about buying a home and having dreams. The question is, the first question we want to start out is, when should you have that talk? When should you have, quote, the money talk, right? So, you know, you're with someone and you're dating, but when do you, do you wait till you're married to say, um, okay, do so, how much, what's your credit score, <laughs> right? <laughs> By the way, FYI, I need to know your score. Please print it out to me because this is really important, right? So when... When do you have that? Do you have it on the second date over some lobster? And you're going, um, so by the way, you know, is your seven, is your credit score seven or 800 or, you know, where are you at here? When is the right time to have that conversation? So I want to preface this by saying research tells us that um, 40 to 50% of, of marriages end in divorce. And many of the reasons for that divorce is financial. You know, many people are struggling with, you know, financial habits and those sorts of things. So now we know that that's sort of the end result, right? The outcome. Now we back way up to the dating scene. When should we be having that very first conversation about financial health? 
Who wants to start? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a very difficult question. I, I don't ever remember actually, uh, especially at the dating stage, asking about money. And uh, because it, it's always very sensitive and, uh, and, I, and I feel like men are very sensitive about it because as soon as you start asking about money, they start to be a little bit suspicious about you. So, and they, they actually doubt your intentions. And uh, so they really want to make sure that you love them for who they are and not for their, you know, for their money. And I've actually never had a, a conversation with my, my husband about money, maybe because in a way I knew exactly where he was standing in terms of his salary and things like that, because he's also, we, we met when we were graduates, so we, I could know exactly, I mean, how much, what was the range of his salary and things like that, so I didn't have to ask. But then when I got married, we, we basically had to organize ourselves, organize our, um, our, our, how we, we're going to manage our money. And what's happening right now, we have, we, we actually have two systems. So we still have our own financial independence. So he has his own account, I have my own account, and we have an account together to actually manage the family and manage the uh, whatever we want to do together. And, but there's no strict rule where uh, we need to manage our money. But, you know, trusting each other and it, it has been working so far. So I think that's, uh, that's how much <laughs> I can say, but at the date, uh, during the dating phase, no. I'm actually very shy to talk about money <laughs> because in a way I'm independent and uh, you know if, if you don't have any income then it becomes a problem you need you need to know where you're putting your feet but because you know that you're independent and whatever's going to happen you can you know how to generate money it's not an issue for you right right well and, and it's interesting that we that we say that because it is something I don't this is another thing. Look, I'm starting to generate a whole list of things that we were not taught, right? And and on this show, we've been talking about a lot of them. I mean, how do you have that conversation? You said that they might be worried about, you know, you wanting their money. And that's so true. There, there's nervousness comes up. But in reality, if you're getting with some, if you're with someone and it's starting to get a little bit more serious and you all are started to talk about making plans, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe we don't have it too soon, right? Because I need him to get past the fact that, you know, I need him to know that I'm into him for who he is and not for his money. But at some point, like, dude, I need to know, <laughs> I need to know where you are financially. And some aspects, Marie, I think it's even more important when you do make a lot of money because now you're coming exactly. in. What if that person isn't matching your level? So let's stay on this topic for a moment and come to you, Roz. What do you think, Roz, about when you should have this conversation um, about you know, finances and I guess what we're calling financial intimacy? You know, it's strange enough, I had this conversation a while back with my dad and was asking him about, you know, when did he and my mom sit down and have a conversation? And he said when they met, um, I think they had been dating maybe for a month or two, 
and he told her that he was not good at handling money mm-hmm. so he told her you know I'm gonna let you handle the money, but this is—I just need an allowance every week. Right. You know, I need, you know, a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, you know, whatever they had agreed upon, and and I think that that was a good uh, foundation for them because you have to know who is good with handling money and who is not, and you know, my parents may not have talked about some other things, but but money, they did talk about it because, like you said, you don't want that to be a problem. You don't want that to be an issue. And they sat down and, you know, they established, you know, this is the household account. This what this what has to come into the account. And, you know, this is what all the household bills came out of. Anything outside of that would be, you know, saved for um, investment, retirement, vacation, education funds for us, you know, legacy, whatever. But that so far as, you know, investing in money, my parents were very open, were very vocal about it. And so it, it was wow. never taboo never taboo for us. Now maybe you know, like, you know, with Mariah, maybe in her culture, you know, I'm not sure. I'm saying some kind of cultural differences may, you know, there may be um uh what limitations around talking about money. Right. And then in other cultures it may not. You know, some cultures, you know, the man is over the money and not the woman. You know, so every, you know, every situation is different. Every situation has its own DNA. But I know, you know, that for my parents, you know, they talked about it. You know, you know, they talked about making sure everything's taken care of. Now, you know, like they told me, nothing was perfect. You know, they hit some dry spells. They hit some bad times. But you know, for the, we never lacked. You know. Right. We always ate, you know. Um, so, like I said, it just depends on each person because some people, some people know they can't handle money. This is true. This is very true. And and, and and that's that's good to know. So, in the conversation, whenever you do bring it up, are you good at handling money? Can you manage? Which one of us should manage it? Should we sit down once a month and figure the bills out, or once a week? Yeah. You know, where's the money going to go when the paycheck comes? Right. Yeah, no. There are all of, all of those elements are important. So, if you get to the point where you're actually having the conversation with the other person and you're able to you get comfortable and you say, "Okay, we need to talk about, you know, talk about money." Um, is how do you how do you have that talk, right? So, you're dating and now you're to the point where it's starting to get more serious. You're having this. You know you need to have the conversation, so it's time. How do we have the conversation? And Raj, you said that talking about who's good with managing money, who's not. But I'm not sure we start there, right? I'm wondering. I don't know, and I don't know if I know the answer to this. I'm I'm really tossing it out there for us to really think about. How do we do? We ask first. Are you something something general? Are you financially stable? Are you, you know, um, do you have a decent credit rating or, you know, sort of those basics before you get into the detail? Because at some point you're going to need to know the detail right? and find out, okay, when you say you're not financially stable, it's because you have $250,000 worth of debt, right? So that's a whole different part of the conversation. How should you start? I mean, is it just something very simple or do you really go in to the detail? You know, I, I wanted to step back a little bit, you know, uh, because uh, Rose was mentioning the um, 
a cultural, you know, impact of uh, managing money. For example, in a lot of, uh, I mean, coming from from uh, uh, Africa, in a lot of uh, culture in Africa, money is managed by. They expect a lot from the, the man. So they expect him to provide everything, especially when it comes down to money and all the material impact, all the material style of the, the marriage. So what happened is that some women actually, when they go into their relationship, they actually don't contribute. And so, and the man is really the one, the breadwinner, really uh, bringing the, all the money. And even when the woman make actually a lot of money, in her head, this money is for her and not for, you know, to put into the relationship and the, the man has to cater for everything. So it's, there's a lot of pressure on, uh, on, on a lot of the, the men back there. And so they always feel the need to have something. So when they don't have financial means, you can see that it's already um, a problem if they go into a relationship, especially if a woman earn more, more than them, then you normally there are quite a lot of stress in the marriage, and, uh, and in most cases it ends up, uh, you know, they end up, or they end up just, you know, not having the, the great relationship that they could have if money was not an issue. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's right, and there there can definitely be a lot of stress and pressure, and the cultural aspects of it that are are pretty huge. Um, you know, because a lot of times there's just certain expectations and uh, you go into the marriage and it's just expected that the man is going to manage the money. And that's how it is. There's no questions. You don't really even talk about it. But in today's time, you know, you know, a lot of people um, do have those conversations. And we know today there's even a lot more cohabitation um, happening than actual marriage. Right. People are choosing to cohabitate a lot more. Um, then just dive into getting married. But even in cohabitation, you might want to um, share some major purchases, right? What happens if you want to purchase something and then you're having, you know, you either, number one, haven't had that conversation yet, so you don't know what those um, potential liabilities are and potential are. And it's not just the other person, right? It could be your own self. You might be the one bringing the credit or the debt or whatever into the relationship and the situation. So you always, you also have to think about that. How do you come forward and say, you know, hey, here's where I am? Um, so if we talk about when to have the talk, and then we talked a little bit about how to have the talk, which I don't really think we really got to. Um, do you do you do it over? Like, I, you know, I use food for everything. I use, I use food to ease it. Come here, honey. Now, here, here's some wine for you, and some and a nice little meal for you. Get them all relaxed and comfortable, and then you say, you Something meaning to talk to you about, <laughs> right? So, so let's talk a little bit about the money, honey, right? Why do you have that conversation? It's a scary conversation for a lot of people. They're kind of like, oh, I don't know what to say. And it always, it goes back to what Marie said earlier. The minute you bring it up, he's going to be like, you know, or he could potentially be like, oh, they're just looking for my money. But what if you ain't got no money? I mean, 
<laughs> what if I, I mean that's great, but like you, you may not have really any money. And so we need to know that too. Right? It's not all it's not necessarily about how much you do or don't have, but it is about being real and open about where you are. People are not necessarily or may not necessarily be trying to get you for your money. But if they don't know you don't have any money, that's kind of not fair either. <laughs> but, but like I said, you know, it's uh, it depends, you know. And as as women, like I said, when you when you are independent, it's it's not a problem for you. You don't actually it's it's not an issue, so you don't even bring it up. So right. Whatever happens, you know that you know you, you can all, always cover for yourself. Right. And your husband or your you, you know your spouse or your partner can't do anything. You're always willing to inject your money, and then you know you don't talk about it as long as things are working properly. It's it's okay, but I think it's when the stress of not having enough is coming you know in, into the relationship that things start to heat up a little bit, and uh, and you start to see a very strong emotion. Right uh, around in the, the relationship, and it becomes really the issue, and then you start talking about it maybe more often. Right, and, uh, yeah. Realize, what do you think? But then also too, you can have some of the questions that come up that don't directly ask you, "Do you have money?" Um, I like to invest. Have you ever invested? Oh, yeah. You know, eventually, I would like to buy some property. What do you think? Just to you know, to start that you know uh, conversation, and it's not directly asking how much do you have, but when you start a conversation with someone talking about investment, talking about going on vacation, or talking about uh, buying property or investing in companies, if they have that money mindset, then the conversation shouldn't be hard. If they don't have that training, don't have that knowledge and money, it's going to tell right there in some basic questions. Also, too, then you'll be able to find out if the person is an opportunist or not. Mm-hmm. Be able to, you know, you know, to to see if you know they are really who they say they are, or who they're not. So there's some, you know, there's some questions before you get to the point that okay, I want to know your credit score. People, you know, people who, you know, can handle money and 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 want to invest and want to do right, they don't have a problem with talking about that. But if if they have a problem. Those conversations will be hard. Oh, I never thought about it. I'm not worried about it. When I retire, I'm just live off of Social Security. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. That's a clue. Though, but you know what, Roz? That's such a great point because there are a lot of clues, right? So you guys are going out um, to dinner, and um, he wants to go to, you know, TGI Friday, and you're thinking about the steakhouse up the street, right? Now, that that may not be about how much money he has, but it may be about how you both value and use money, right? Mm-hmm. And, and while you want to go out on it and have a nice time once in a while, maybe he has money, but maybe he um, doesn't like to spend on things like that, right? So knowing all of that, and I think a lot of this comes down to you may be in love with this person. This may be your boo, but are you on the same page in terms of how you handle your finances and what's important to you? You know, some people who come from the place that, hey, if I get money, I'm not trying to save it. I'm trying to spend it and live my life and have a great time. I never had it in the past. 
I don't care. I don't, tomorrow's not promised to me. I got this. I'm going to have a good time. Right. So that's their school of thought. And then the other school of thought is, you know, hey, I'm going to spend very judiciously and I'm going to do a lot of saving for my future. I'm planning for these big purchases. So what if he's all the way on one side, you're all the way on the other side, and now you're coming together? If you are a couple that chooses to keep your finances separate, that may not be as much of an issue, but many couples choose to combine their their finances uh, so that they, you know, are all on the same page. One person doesn't have more control than the other one. So do you think that could be a problem if, you know, you all are coming from two different thought processes on how you hand, handle your money? See, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say like Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm <being> serious. <laughs> this is this is about life. Yeah. This is, this is serious. You know? I hate to use the Tina Turner song, but you know it is. You know, at the end of the day, I love you and I appreciate you, but you know. We gotta set this, you know, on, on in paper. We gotta set this, in, you know, put some type of plan together, put some type of strategy together. So, like I said, uh, I have to chime in with Tina. What does love have to do with this? We gotta get this in place so that we won't have the problems like Ike and Tina. Right. Exactly. Right. That is so true because I think this is where we get into trouble. We don't have these conversations. Okay. Let me ask you this: Should you? Should you? Does it matter? Should you know how much he's making? Like what his actual salary is? Don't tell me I do well. Like what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you need to know, even if you don't ask, you need to find a way to know because it, it's actually gonna give you a guidance on how he's behaving with his money. And then you can you can actually judge, is he managing his money very well or is it, is it not? Because if you don't have this, starting point it becomes very difficult to uh to have any data and even to start a conversation so you need to find out you need to know you need to ask him if he doesn't want to know you to tell you you have to find a way to know and then it gives you a, a point of reference to know okay is it I mean, is it managing well are we on the same you know uh, at the same level are we talking the same language money wise or are we really diverging? And then is it a problem? So that's that's uh, that's very important to to have this uh, this, this data. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to value as well. I think when we talk about money, because at the end of the day, like Rose was saying, money is about energy. It's our own energy, what we express. Right. So it has to tie to your personality, your values and the energy that you bring into relationship. And then that's the flow of money that you're gonna see as well in the, in the relationship. So it's, it's, it's an important factor to, uh, to keep these bonds between, between two people who are in the relationship. I love that money is energy. And you know, they say that the flow of money follows your energy. And so, you know, if, if, understanding a little bit about their money situation, their financial health, you know, where they are, how they view money, tells you a lot about that energy and what they put out in the past. Now, it doesn't tell you what their potential is. 
right? And what they have the opportunity to do, but it certainly tell is a reflection on, on what's happened in the past. And so you might be in a place where you might need to say, you know, listen, like your energy, listen, you need some, you need to get that up. You need to work on that a little bit more, right? Because something's happening. If you're stuck, your finances aren't moving, then there is certainly uh, a reflection there. So what about um, if you are with them and then you are in the process where you want to make this major decision and either their credit or their finances is holding you back. You want to buy a half million dollar house. And now you are looking at this other person and when they when you factor their finances into the person because you're now together, right? You've made this decision that you all are together. You're in it for the long haul and major purchases will be made together. However, you can't the uh, potential is that you may not qualify for the home that you want um, because of either his finances, his uh, earnings, or his credit. Then what do you do? You have to take a decision. It's either you know you get you get this house on your own, or you, you sort out your you know your your. <laughs> Your, your affairs, you know, and if it means it means that at some point you have to let go, just let go, and you know you you really have to have this conversation and sit down and make sure that the person is going to participate, because otherwise there's no point in pursuing and buying something that you can't afford, either as a couple or alone, knowing that uh, you, you're not going to have any backup. So it's. It's, it's about decision making here and you, you have to really make sure you, you, you take the right decision and and then they're gonna they're gonna be some consequences but you have to be ready to manage whatever consequences comes with it yeah yeah I agree and then also too just just like what you guys are saying if we say we're gonna buy a half half million house dollar house even before we talk about it we gotta sit down and look at finance we gotta look at credit if the credit is jacked up you know mariah and rhonda you guys are always so cute with it do this you know y'all so dainty we look i'm gonna hit it i'm gonna hit it cheese no <laughs> <Jeez>, and i'm <laughs> teasing <laughs> i'm not going into it no way <laughs> But but at the end of the day, even even when you talk about that, you have to say, okay, if we're going to get here, just like just like what you were saying, Mariah, we got to put it on paper. Is our credit? Can our credit score handle? If not, then if we can't get a half million dollar house, that means we have to go to a hundred thousand dollar house. You know, and then even before you get the house, start looking at the house. You need to look at your credit anyway, just right. like what you guys were talking about. You know, mm -hmm. and you, you know you can't soft shoe around it. You have to say, look, let's put it on paper. Mm -hmm. We can't get it this this year, but maybe in the next two years, we need to work mm -hmm. on it. Right. And you have to be realistic about it. You know, this is a, like said, a major decision, and if mm -hmm. then also too. You guys need to be able to make sure. And this is one thing my mother told me, and I appreciate this so much. She said, if something would happen to your father, could we live off of one salary? Hmm. Exactly. Could you live off of one? And that's the key. If something happens, make sure that you can live off of one salary and you don't need that other salary. Because say, for instance, if your husband has a stroke or someone gets sick, for whatever the reason may be, and you don't have that income coming in. Yeah. You want to go into foreclosure. You don't want to have to, you know, the additional stress of money not coming mm -hmm. in. 
Mm -hmm. Insurance will only pay for a year of less of you not working. Yeah. You know, what if you have to tap into your 401k? There's a penalty. So can you live off of one salary? That's one thing I appreciate my mother telling me so much. She said if something would happen, we know that we can live off of one salary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Make sure it was the salary, the lesser salary, not the greater salary. Oh wow. So if something so if something happened to the person with the greater salary, we can live off of the lesser salary. No, that's and, awesome. and, and I'm telling you, that was that was the best. That was just wisdom. Definitely. Well, we want to we want to say hi to uh, Latonia out there. Good morning, Latonia. How are you? Thanks for tuning in and watching. Share your comments. Tell us about your money stories. When do you have the money conversation? When do you think it's a good time? Um, Roz, those were such great points because. Um, you know, when you're when you're preparing for your future, um, everything has to be considered, right? And it has to be much more intentional, um, I think, than sometimes we approach it, right? We want to just go into it and just, you know, almost like almost like we're baseball players and we're sliding into first base, right? I mean, we just want to just slide in and everything's good, but you really can't do that. You know, when you take a step back and even when you look at baseball on the bigger picture, it's a very strategic game. Right. And this is so different. Ross said earlier, what's love got to do with it? We have got to be willing to have these conversations way before we're having them. Right. We need to not wait. At the time that you are ready to buy your half million dollar house, it's not the time to find out that his credit isn't good. Right. Way back when you should already know, you should be prepared, you should be having. um, Latonya says, I have money issues at early state in life. I ha- oh, I have the early it, uh, I have the money issues at early state in life. So I think she's saying early in the relationship when you need to have that money conversation. And I completely agree. And ladies, you can't shy away from this. Now, you can't be, I think you can't approach it like, um, wait, if I had Kanye's song, I'd be playing it right now. Like, you can't approach it like a gold digger. Now, I ain't saying she's a gold digger, right? You gotta, <laughs> you gotta approach it from the perspective of, you know, something healthy for the relationship, forming the foundation of the relationship, and not being in a threatening way. Well, well, how much you make? You know, this is about. Wow, I'm really excited about this. And so we go back to how we have that conversation, and I, I lean on my emotional intelligence training for this. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, as I think about this, what do you want to do? I want to accomplish something that builds for us in the future. I want to build the relationship, not impact it, destroy it negatively, right? I want to make sure that I help the other person feel respected and valued. All of these things I'm trying to lay out in my mind how I approach this conversation. And so if I'm trying to lay out that conversation, um, then the way that I want to do that is I want to step back and, and, and know that person also, right? Know how they respond to things, what's going to feel good to them. So I'm going to approach the discussion in that way. It is simply about I'm excited about the future, um, right? We're, we have all these really great plans and, you know, I'm honored and, and I feel very special to be a part of your life and to have you be a part of mine. As we think about building and growing for the future, um, I think there's a few things that I would like to talk about because I want us to be on the same page. I think this could be something really beautiful if we're in it together and we're on the same page. And then I start with, I'd start with me. This is just me personal. I'd start with me to lower their guard, right? To get them from fear. Because if you just start with, 
what are you doing? How's your credit? How's your money? Then they feel a little bit, they feel a little bit defensive and interrogated. Let me tell you about where I am financially. And then I go through my story, the ups, downs, the good, the bad, the ugly, <laughs> throw it all out there and then say, and then have them talk to me about that. How you how do you feel about that? And then say, and then more than likely they're gonna start to share also, or then you just ask the question. So I've told you a little bit about me. Share with me a little bit about where you are financially. Right? Let them share what they're interested in sharing. You don't have to go for the jugular on the first conversation. You can make this a multi-part conversation, right? Almost, it could be, a, what do they call it? A limited six-part TV series, right? Keep going back, little at a time, little at a time. So that's what I'm thinking of. And Latoya says, you should have the money conversation when you think this is a person you want to be with. I completely agree. Yes. And I think, you know, any relationship, you you always start with all the excitement, but at some point, it has to be strategic and things have to be intentional. You have to plan for what do you want to, to have from this relationship and sit down together and, and really think through what you want to accomplish together, where you want to be at a certain point in your life. It's the same thing plan if you want to have children. And all of this, you have to talk about it. I mean, and, and I think the way I've done, you know, included the money part of it, it's through this planning of what kind of project we want to do. I mean, what do we want to do with the kids? And, you know, so I just learned everything together because it's part of the mission and what you want to do together. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's very important. It's just like when you have, as an entrepreneur, when you start something, at the beginning, you don't know, but at, at, you have you, you have a, a mission, you have a goal, and you, you have an idea of what you want to do. And if you have gaps, and that's the same for the relationship, you have to get external education. I mean, there's education. You talk to a third person, I mean, their financial advisor, or any coach or anybody who can actually help you as a couple to, to be able to accomplish what you want to do. And you know what? Well, why brings a good point. Sometimes if you have a third party, help you with your finances it takes the stress off and now at a lot of the banks i know here in the united states they have what's called money planners at, at your local bank they will they will show you where you're spending too much money they will show you how to save so the banks are now even stepping up because they want their their members to be successful you know they don't want to see their bank accounts closed. They don't want to see them going to foreclosure. They want them to be financially successful because that means that they will have a long-term relationship. So banks are really stepping up to the plate now to say, hey, if you need help, we are here. We have a financial advisor. Even at some of your employers have financial advisors that you So, you know, the conversation, you know, can start with a third party stepping in and it takes the stress mm -hmm. off, off of you, takes stress off of him. Let's say, okay, we're going to put this on the table and what's going to happen. So, you know, that's another suggestion. Even before you get married, let's go and talk to a financial advisor mm -hmm. to, see, you know, to see when we put this on the table, 
you know, you know, what's going to be our end result every month? What is our short term goals and what are our long term goals? No, I, I love that. And um, there was one thing that um, I heard and uh, I was thinking about this and I think I was thinking about, you know, how important this is as you are deciding um, to really work on your finances together and you're building this thing for the future. Um, you can do things just like you all just said, you know, the bank will have financial advisors. You can go to coaches. You can go to there's couples of uh, financial coaches out there that do nothing but help you uh, with your finances um, and that sort of thing. So I I think that the strategies that you use in order to put yourself in that place to be healthy and successful long term. But one conversation that came um, yeah, Latonia says she does the same thing with a financial uh, analyst. Absolutely. You know, one of the things, though, as you put yourself in that position is to, especially if you and your partner come from different perspectives, right? If you have different financial strategies, the one common bond that you can use to bring you all together is your why. Why is this conversation important? Why are we saying that we should reduce our debt? Why are you saying that we need to save for this big purchase that we want to make or this big grand vacation we want to go on? Why, why, why? If you all can come together at least on the why, then you have a better chance of building a strategy that both people can accept. Because let's face it, that's the other part of this conversation is, yes, we say we want to do these things. And if we bring our finances together, um, but then I go out there and, oh, babe, I see this new motorcycle. I need to get this motorcycle. Like, it's great. Look, I, could, I almost can leave the shop without it. I'm going back tomorrow and I'm buying this motorcycle. And you're thinking, what about the half million dollar house? That the house, right? Yeah. It's over here. And so as you go through that process and you're really helping people to think through that, connecting with the why. So here's why. And it's not, no, you can't have that motorcycle, right? It's, well, let's go back, babe. I appreciate the fact that you love this motorcycle. I do. Let's go back and talk about why, what we're doing and why we're trying to do it. Right. Bring them back to the why. So hopefully they can get there with you as opposed to just feeling like they've just been told no and scolded like a child. Right. Because no one wants that. No, you know, no one is going to there. It feels like a, a bit of a power play. If you get to say yes or no to my decisions or they get to say yes or no to your decisions, now it feels like a power struggle. And that's another place I think sometimes that uh, couples struggle with money. Who's in who's in control and who gets the power? Do you just get a little tit, a bit of an allowance where now what if I need more? And I'm like, well, that's not in the budget. And now you just get your normal allowance. Or do I say, babe, let's talk about what you need or what you want? So, and I think the uh, the advantage of bringing a third party person it brings up the accountability. Sometimes it's, it's very difficult to, I mean, to ask your partner or even you know you to be accountable for what's happening. So bringing a third person actually make us accountable, and and I think it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's very efficient, yeah. very efficient. Because you you really want to follow what the you know your your uh, the uh, the bank or any coach is is asking you to do. And it's easier for you to let go and, and follow instead of, you know, I mean, having the conversation with your husband and, you know, okay, it can be flexible. Sometimes I'm going to follow, sometimes I'm not going to follow. And uh, it, it becomes sometimes very difficult to, to have this accountability and to actually be able to, 
to, uh, to, to execute the project, whatever, whatever financial project you have. Awesome. Well, we're going to get ready to wrap up. Um, we're at about the time that we normally try. And as we wrap up, I want you guys to just sort of share a little bit about your um, your strategies, your recommendations, your thoughts on this whole conversation. You know, uh, one of the things uh, that, you know, if you're watching out there on the replay, um, don't forget to like the video, to share the video if you find that this conversation might be helpful to others. Put your comments in. Let's have a dialogue about this because it's an important conversation for us as women and times are changing, right? We're continuously evolving. Things are not like they were even 10 years ago. And so having the confidence um, and the know-how to have these type of conversations um, without feeling, you know, uh, guilty or shameful about the fact that you have to have them is important. So as we wrap up, my final thoughts and comments, and then we'll come to you, uh, Roz, and then to you, Murray. Uh, one of the things that I would say is number one, um, have the conversation, right? Have the conversation. Um, and, and think about when the right time of that is. I don't think it's on the second dinner, right? You're thinking, oh, this guy's got potential. I'm gonna go ahead and start. I don't need to know everything about his finances. That might be a little bit too soon. It might be a little bit scary and it might be a little bit creepy. So uh, the other thing we wanna make yeah. sure is that you come from a place when you do have a conversation, what is it you're trying to hope, uh, accomplish? Be clear on your goals for the conversation because if you just go off the top without really thinking about it, it could go very, very wrong, right? So think about your goals that you're trying to accomplish and then communicate in the way that you are um, sure to get you closer to what you're hoping for and not farther away. So you're looking to build bridges, to make connections, to create a sense of the future, right? A sense of happiness, optimism, positivity, and all the things that this wonderful relationship can bring. Um, and so, and then when you do have the conversation, should you find out something that is not something to your liking, maybe the credit score is bad, maybe the finances are bad, maybe the financial habits are poor, then you have right at that moment, it's time for you to start thinking of your approach. Are you still in? Are you willing to commit to this fully, even though this person has these bad habits and this low credit score? Because that's going to affect you in some way, shape, or form. So decide on your level of commitment. Are you in or are you not? If you say to yourself, I absolutely love this person and I am, we are going to work through it together, I am committed to doing that, then I think from that point forward, you got to be in, right? You got to be in because that's the decision that you made. So every other day, you can't be saying to him, well, you know, I I get to spend more because I make more. Your finances are terrible and you don't get the same opportunity. You said you were in. And so now you've got to be in. So those will be my thoughts and recommendations. Um, and Rob, we'll come to you for your final thoughts. My recommendation would be that when you have the conversation about money, you don't do it all at one time. A little bit at a time because sometimes you can overwhelm a person by just having, you know, a two hour conversation on money. You know, we might talk about, you know, a savings account this month. Next month we may talk about investments. You, you, you know, the following month we may talk about something else, but don't, you know, have it all at one time because it could be too much. It could be overwhelming. It could be intimidating. Mm -hmm. You know, just like we've talked about before, you gotta have a strategy, you gotta pick the right time. And then also too, you know, uh, my, going back to my mother, my mother said when I talk to 
your dad, I have to talk to him in Twitter language. <laughs> 250 characters at one time, and that's it. <laughs> the conversation has to be short. And I have like to that. Be <laughs> <laughs> Twitter language. Oh, man, that's a new one. Talk to, I got to put that up. Talk in Twitter language. Because everybody, it, it, it may not be <laughs> but some people can't handle a lot of information or like you said, it's intimidating. It could be on the man's mm -hmm. side or on the woman's side. But she said, for my dad, it's a Twitter conversation. Wow. That's good. Okay, Marie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you, you need to have the conversation and like you said, you, you have to find the, you know, the time, the right time to do it. And, and I think, especially when you, you're thinking about going into, you know, the next step and being serious, you have to, to do some planning because at the end of the day, you're looking at spending, you know, uh, your life, you know, with this person. So you need to have a clear plan on, on everything and money is part of it. And, and also have those time where you, you can actually uh, review where you are and if you need to re-strategize at some point. And for, for a lot of us, I mean, especially me, I didn't have this money education. So I had to go and get, you know, this spend money to educate myself because I was not doing really well and bring a third party to help us to go through the different project that we wanted to to, to accomplish. So it's a very important uh, uh, aspect of the relationship. You can actually break your relationship or make it great. So you need to have this conversation. And it never ends, I think. It never ends because things change, uh, especially for us entrepreneurs. There are periods where you, you, you can have a lot of money and then at some point you don't have money. So you need to be really clear and communicate with your partner where you stand at a certain point so that you can strategize and review your planning and, and see where you can, you know, what you can do with your current uh, uh, um, financial situation. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Those are all great and wonderful tips, um, ladies. And uh, I think hopefully uh, we've given uh, people out there something to think about. Um, uh, Latanya said, that's why I say when you have to have three accounts for one household and each have their own. Yeah, there are a lot of couples out there that believe in keeping finances separate because you know what? It's hard. How about this? And we'll, the household and I'm supposed to be ending, but this just popped into my mind as she made this comment. There are situations when you have that joint account and you're, somebody's not monitoring it really closely and you're both writing checks or spending off of that account and all of a sudden somebody spends and you're not aware and then next thing you know, you've got a, a negative balance. I mean, so there is a lot to this conversation and discussion and I think it takes a lot of discipline in order to do it well. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. I wanna thank all of our viewers out there for tuning in, for hanging out with us uh, on this Saturday morning. You know, um, this is a coffee table. This is a coffee conversation. We invite you to join the conversation. So if you're watching on the replay, don't forget to like, share, and add your comments. What do you think? When should you, when do you think you should have the conversation? So 
We will be back with you again next week, same time, same conversation as they say, uh, to have another fun and enjoyable conversation where we are having fun, but also learning and sharing our experiences. So uh, for all of you out there, until next time, continue taking the big and the small steps to live your most amazing life. Roz, Murray, thank you, thank you for your contributions. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.